this is a very special episode, as after a long pause we are rebooting GLC Live, and I hope you will enjoy the new content we are creating. Following a small introduction we will uh, dive into the main content, and you will discover what this new phase will be all about. My name is Gianluca Cinque Parmi, you are listening to GLC Live, my podcast dedicated to business design. I'm an educator, design entrepreneur, and best-selling author. This show is dedicated to designers, creatives, and entrepreneurs that, like me, want to inspire, challenge, and disrupt the business and design industry. In this episode, the fourth industrial revolution. So, welcome everyone and uh, back to the show. After this long pause, we are rebooting GLC Live. In this new phase, I want to learn and share my knowledge on uh, mainly a few topics that, you know, we have been slightly covering in the past episodes, but hopefully with this new phase, we will dive and dive in. And the concept we are going to talk about in these several podcasts will be, of course, creativity business design as you know the show is all about business design problem solving and also entrepreneurship and to do so we decided to create three brand new types of content so the first kind of content is the one that you are comfortable with and you know all about which is the uh, with uh, we call it the with series So in this series, I, I connect uh, and interview inspiring designers, creatives, entrepreneurs who I want to learn from or share thoughts and challenges. Sometimes I like to, like in the previous episodes, we will invite students, young prof- professionals or startups, and I'll advise them using business design strategies to create sustainable companies or organization. The second kind of content that we, we, we wanted to create is uh, what we call the Masterclass series. And the Masterclass uh, will be a series focusing on educational content where I'll explore different topics from design to entrepreneurship and leadership and, and more. This is probably the one that I enjoy uh, a lot doing because of my previous teaching experience. And the last one is what we call the late night design tales. It's a very different kind of content where I'll collect and share interesting stories and themes that are a little bit more mysterious and unconventional in the podcast. And you, you all know how much I love to tell stories. And there is a big news, <laughs> so we decided to expand our reach to YouTube so we can visualize the content of the podcast. And I'm very excited to see how this new channel will, will play out. And uh, hopefully you will enjoy the content as well. So let's say that you are a designer and the focus, as I said before, is going to be three main target audiences, we can say. The first one, of course, designers who want to sharpen their skills, increase their value, discover new content, refresh their knowledge in some 
specific topics and also share their experiences hopefully through the comments or interaction or finding interesting people that I don't have reach. The second macro area I would say I would say we can say creatives. Creatives are anyone who want to create new business, grow the their entrepreneurial mindset and they want to become change agents. They also want to refresh their knowledge and maybe they want to expand their reach and they want to explore a different kind of know-how. The third part or the third audience will be entrepreneurs, of course. And I would like to have entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs to find new ideas, improve their management skills, become more mindful eventually and uh, become more creative if creativity is not part of their day to day. And in some cases, that is something that I've been working with a lot with my beloved students, also talking about efficiency and effectiveness. So maybe we are going to talk about topics like time management and how to be more efficient in in their workflow. Let's deep dive a little bit further onto the target audience. If we can expand those three macro groups and evolve them, I would say that the people that will enjoy, or hopefully everyone will enjoy the show, but the people that I'm talking to directly are for sure entrepreneurs and directors. So like I said, these people, if they want to become more creative, uh, enhance their management skills, explore mindfulness and leadership, uh, they will definitely find uh, interesting content in the show. And then, of course, creatives and creative teams. So if you are in a creative team and you are a creative and you want to think about new uh, business ideas, grow your entrepreneurial mindset, and like I said before, become a change agent, I would say that we will craft a specific episode on these themes. And overall designers and creators, not only designers, but anyone who's creating either uh, designs, products, content, you name it. If you want to find strategies to increase your value and uh, expand your skill set and become more efficient and effective, like I said before, we will also craft a specific episode to that. I decided to narrow down and both in the creation of the podcast and in my own professional practice, I, I kind of distilled the content of what, what I would like to do in uh, three macro themes. The first theme uh, is business design and industry 4.0, which you will discover soon. The fourth industrial revolution, well, this is the theme of this specific episode, is going to transform businesses and business models pretty much across the board. So the business model of industries and companies that we know today is going to be dramatically transformed uh, no matter what 
we do or or in which sector we are in and uh, one of the things that we will discuss later is this ideas and and how we can reskill to to be prepared for this um, industrial revolution the second theme and I, I do a lot of workshops on on this particular subject are creativity and problem solving and what we <laughs> observed always with with the designer mindset so no, none of these are, are statements they are there are observations that this over accessibility of information and sometimes this constant pressure on time that we are facing has numbed or or let's say has reduced our ability to to take a deep breath and think a little bit more creatively and we we might look for because we have access to this kind of information we are looking for the solutions from whatever you know research engine we we want to find so I would like to talk about how can we restore creativity, how do we develop emotional intelligence, how can we foster our analytical and critical thinking, and how do we place ourselves in a place where we can do, we can find ourselves in active learning. So, and, and, and the more knowledgeable we are, the more open we are to new information, and this will help us to develop diversity and cultural intelligence. And uh, last but not least, of course, entrepreneurship and leadership. Now, with the, the fourth industrial revolution, we will see that the premises and the activities that we need to do, even in leadership, even in management and managers and leaders and entrepreneurs have to transform their way of approaching businesses, not only approaching businesses, but managing their their teams, their, their reports or their partners. So... I love this phrase that I found in one of the reports that I will talk in in a few moments that says, when we champion compliance, mediocrity sits in, which, which is true. I mean, for, for now a hundred years, we, we created a workforce and we created the, the education system and how the educational system is being designed is is for compliance you know every just look, look at the the classic classroom where everybody's sitting in in their little seats and everybody's facing forward to one single source so i mean i'm sure you heard this a thousand times which the education system has been designed to to create factory workers not necessarily creatives and and independent thinkers so and this applies to everyone uh, whether you are a startup or you are a an established corporation this will impact your business and um how do we develop these ideas of creating and managing disruption, difference, diversity, and how do we develop the capability for divergent and, and 
creativity, divergent thinking, which means thinking about a many things. And all of these macro themes, they want to <laughs> solve or they want to answer uh, to simple questions. And the question is, are you ready for the fourth industrial revolution? But first of all, what's an industrial revolution? Let's try to go back in time and try to decode the other three industrial revolutions that that we saw. So, of course, the first uh, industrial revolution used steam power to mechanize production. We all know that the discovery of the steam engine was was revolutionary because it mechanized a lot of labor that that required you know physical effort and and just like the train you know transportation was done through uh, cattles or uh, horses and then once the steam engine came into play we were able to mechanize this operation which was a huge achievement the second industrial revolution use electric power to create mass production. So we evolved from the uh, steam engine into electric power. And the huge advantage was the ability to distribute electric power on, on a large scale. And this allowed to create even faster, better machines and even distribute this machine and mechanize and power mass production. And the third industrial revolution, of course, is the electronics and IT. And in this revolution, you also see the uh, internet and this uh, automated production as well. So with the speed drastically increased and our ability to communicate and this allowed phenomena such as globalization where I can buy pretty much anything from anywhere at any point and this is all due to electronics and information technology internet internet access and one of the greatest I, I still believe one of the greatest achievement as a society that we will face will be when everyone will have free access to information which means you know free access to internet free access to knowledge and i wonder if this is going to happen and even nowadays if i can be a little bit controversial here you see how the the concept of paying for <laughs> for an internet connection is absurd the infrastructure is already existing in most of developed countries and although i respect the fact that you know large telecom companies have to have their return on the investment of, of the massive investment they made i would like i don't have the data but i wonder if you know in the past 15 20 years this investment have already been paid so <laughs> what is stopping us to to have full access to the internet with at no cost or or with very little cost we're still struggling and um, even you know traveling from one country to the other you have to buy new cards and new new access when it makes no sense at least it makes no sense to me so back to 
the original point, which is, so what's the fourth industrial revolution? So the fourth industrial revolution will combine cyber and physical system. What does it mean? It means that it will have basically a huge mishmash of the previous three, and we will have um, huge revolution due to Internet of Things and Internet of Systems, where many different systems will be connected together. And we already see this happening where, in example, like all the devices that that are connected in your home, like um, uh, you know, Siri or Alexa, and uh, cyber physical, because, for example, I'll, I'll talk about the Echo, or I don't want to, I mean, we have the HomePod, I think it's called for Apple. I, I don't have a, a preferred one. I'll, I'll use Alexa and Amazon as an example, just just as a reference. So this is an, a classical example of cyber physical. What does it mean? It means that it uses speech recognition, which is something physical attached to a cyber brain, which means Alexa can do pretty much anything and respond to pretty much anything. And this is the, the second part of AI, so artificial intelligence. So all this system, if you scale it and you imagine that this is going to become even more and more powerful and more and more accessible, the computing power, as we develop more and more computing power, you will see that this this system will become more and more relevant and present in our lives. So this industrial revolution really will change the way that we approach and the way that we design, but not only the way that we design, but the way that we develop knowledge and we absorb knowledge and the way that we have access to this, not only information, but an array of services that were not available to us. Another example of this uh, cyber physical system will be blockchain. All of this was designed and I got passionate about all these topics by studying two very interesting reports. So over the past few months, I had the opportunity to study a bit more in depth the principle that guide companies in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. And through the fantastic content published by the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum is an organization that tries to, I would say, combine private and public sector to really analyze and to really bring attention and to bring people together to discuss and act on what really matters in the world. And there are two specific reports that I was uh, particularly fascinated by. One was one is the jobs of tomorrow, mapping opportunity in the new economy. And the second one is shaping people's strategies in the fourth industrial revolution. Both of them center their, their discussion on what will it take to serve the people that are going to be affected 
positively or negatively by this industrial revolution. So first and foremost, the revolution is happening. So it's not something that we can decide that is going to happen or not. The revolution is happening. And, and it will transform business models of each and every industry. So that's not something that is, that's not something that we can discuss about. It's going to happen just like internet happened. You know, a lot of people were uh, complaining and they were saying that they were more comfortable with their typewriter, but you know, fast forward 25 years, who writes with a typewriter anymore, right? So that's not a, an argument at all. And both these uh, white papers talk about and and they explain how people are at the core of this revolution. So every single jobs in a way or another will be transformed by this fourth industrial revolution. So in this report, um, what the World Economic Forum is talking about is that by the mission is that by 2030, more than 1 billion people will need to reskill. What does it mean to reskill? It, it means that Part of, uh, part of their jobs, or I would say some 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 jobs will disappear. Okay, <laughs> no need to sugarcoat it. But even jobs that will be uh, maintained will will actually be transformed or modified or became become more efficient, or they will be connected with jobs that prior to this to this access and, and this connection were limited. So th there are some skills involved in this transformation. And we need to be ready, we need to be aware of these skills. And and I made my mission both in the podcast but also in my professional practice to try to help creatives, designers, entrepreneurs, institutions, private sector to actually think about this reskilling revolution. So it's already starting in, in the report, they, they talk about the skills that will be in high demand already starting from this year. I wouldn't say 2020, already started. So since 2018, 19, this kind of skills were already part of the discussion. But now is is a, they make a quite strong statement about what the skills are and how important it is that everyone whether they are in education, whether they are in the workforce, whether they are uh, leaders, actually they are promoting this industrial revolution platform where they are asking great corporations to provide knowledge and to provide training for their workforce, but also for everyone. So let's dive uh, a little bit deeper into what are these skills that we need to possess to become, <laughs> let's say, competitive, if we want to use this, this term, but I would say to be relevant in, uh, in, in the coming century eventually, and, and we want to improve in our careers. So, of course, just as a disclaimer, this is my <laughs> sequencing is not 
is 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 not a ranking so there are just a synthesis a synthesis of the skills that are present and and reformulations and also taken f- from one report but also from other different sources and of course creativity is one of the most important skills that that a professional will need why because creativity today is something that artificial intelligence still and 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 machines can't really replicate okay so what does it mean to be creative and i have this uh, very personal definition that is creativity is the ability to combine ideas in unique and unexpected ways So it starts with knowledge, it starts with understanding the context and the environment and whatever we are surrounded by, and then trying to combine this knowledge in unique, unexpected ways. The second part is, of course, emotional intelligence. <laughs> why, why emotional intelligence? Once again, machines and, and, and computers don't have emotional intelligence, which means empathy integrity the ability to work with others not only working with others but understanding the context of the work understanding the context of the people just to make a, a small example we all had a bad day and not necessarily it means that in that particular day we are inefficient we just had a bad day this doesn't make us a a bad um, person <laughs> or a bad employee or a bad worker you just had a bad day and and if you know through the lens of a machine or through a lens of a of a computer you just you know you are underperforming so in that particular day you're not doing what you're supposed to do while a person can can understand that and say uh, you know maybe you just had a baby and so you are sleep deprived or something like that although these are all uh, data that you could feed into a machine the, the calculation will become immensely complicated why a person can understand and can say okay you know Patrick had a bad day and and it's okay and tomorrow is he's going to be back to normal so emotional intelligence is it's an important skill that we need to develop even not only for the machines i i think now in this um, dog eat dog uh, world i think is something that we can all um, learn um, from the third skill is analytical and critical thinking what does it mean to be to possess analytical and critical thinking skills solve complex problem using reasoning and logic to evaluate an argument okay so here is a little bit more complex to explain and, and i don't want to deep dive we might do an entire episode on on analytical and critical thinking but just to to give you a sense is how do we solve complex problems what are complex problems Pro- complex problems are problems that don't have a simple linear solution there are multiple aspects of the problems you know imagine i don't know like poverty right so th- this is a big one but as you know it is not just 
there is a poor population, let's just you know give them a bunch of cash and we will solve the poverty issue. No, there is, there is education involved, there is criminality involved, there is resources, there is know-how. So it's a complex problem. So many dimensions and our ability to analyze and uh, and reason and try to find solution that even the fact that you might apply solutions that are not perfect but they are moving you forward towards the end goal is already a process of analytical and critical thinking not having you know one solution fits all this is what it means to possess analytical and critical thinking active learning and i'm a great <laughs> lover of this one uh, active learning means our ability to have a growth mindset no learning from our mistakes and actively seeking new knowledge uh, this is this is my lifelong goal uh, honestly this is why i love education so much because it allowed me to 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 keep learning no? to teach i had to study and and this was amazing and and it should be part of each and every single person you must keep learning you must keep your mind open you must keep your eyes open your ears open and and also open to new uh, experiences this this has a much more uh, deep impact that you think because i like to to simplify things but you know imagine just the fact that you are going uh, on a date and you are experiencing different kind of food from different regions from different uh, cultures this this opens up your way of of thinking if i you know if i remember in my childhood uh, um, I would say to my grandpa, uh, "Let's go to have sushi." He would, <laughs> he would look at me like like it was insane. Are oh, eating raw fish? What are you talking about? But nowadays, you know, as we expand, as as we develop, as as uh, doors open, now even you know, sushi has been exported you know, all over the world. So everybody is comfortable with eating raw fish which is something that depending on your or cultural context it w was not easy and number five decision making decision making is recognizing the broader implication decision might have this is very specific for leadership making a decision and saying, you know, I I am in the position, and I I am legitimized to to make this decision. Doesn't mean that your decision making is always correct. And so now you having also the ability to understand the implication of the decision. The fact that I can make a decision doesn't mean that I understand the implication of this decision. So let's make an extreme example once again. So, okay, I'm a boss of, uh, I'm the CEO of a large corporation and, you know, I have the power to fire you know, 20%, 25%, 50% of my workforce. Yes, you can do that, but 
your ability on decision making is also recognizing, like I said, the broader implication. What does this mean for the people that will stay? What does this mean for the overall context? What does this mean for your consumers? You know, when you, when once you hear that the company is treating their own employees very badly, is it true that this doesn't have any implication on the consumer side? I'm not very sure about that. So what is the emotional impact of your decision? Is it screaming to everyone all the time, the the right way to do it? Something that we need to work towards. And, you know, these are all skills that we need to advance. I, myself, you know, I, when I read this list and when I composed this list, I, I started making a list of, say, of things like oh, maybe I should improve my decision making or how can I improve my decision making? Am I making choices that are leading to the right consequence or am I being just irrational and just because I can make some decisions I'll just do it so this as always like I said it in the very first minutes of this show I want to learn first the second set (laughs) interpersonal communication interpersonal communication is the ability to communicate effectively with others say the right thing with the right tone you know there are tons of example and uh, you know just saying the same thing with different tones and understanding oh is that right and this means you're an idiot or oh that is right that completely changes the oh is that right like you're saying it in in such way that you're saying oh wow this is interesting and and i want to know more about and this is also something very complex that, that eventually an artificial intelligence or a machine that will take some times to to do and also understanding what what are the implication of how you say things to who you say things in some cases are you being too formal or too informal you know, i had uh, i had several conversations with my students on e- even simply uh, interpersonal communication is not only oral but also the ability to write in a certain way to to express your ideas in a certain way now trying to express your ideas and your opinions without making the other person feel uncomfortable or the uh, a, a very specific example uh, for designers could be you know if i talk about typography maybe i need to understand that the person in front of me doesn't understand typography or is not accustomed to typography so i need to simplify and i need to make them understand that you know if you want to be a little bit more classic you can say it with this kind of serif or thinner lighter type if you want to be bold you can use a more present type more etc etc leadership skills (laughs) being inspiring helping others maximize their true potential so this is something that i'm very 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 passionate about i have to say that my years in academia taught me more about leadership than maybe 10 or 15 years in in the business world why 
because I think, and I will make this self-reflection, in the business world, I wanted to be right, you know, and I had to impose myself and to show that I was, in my case, I was the, the leader of a corporation, while in in the academia, I didn't have that. No, I didn't want to be right. I wanted my students to understand the message and I wanted them to be the best the best that they could be. So once again, maximizing their true potential. That was my goal. My ultimate goal was to take somebody and and to try to see what's the best that this this student could do. So leadership is not about only making hard decisions and you know holding people accountable or making people compliant is about inspiring and helping others to maximize their true potential i i always think that as, as a leader you serve the people that work uh, with you or for you if you want uh, and it's not the other way around diversity and cultural intelligence this is a very, very important topic, especially for, you know, I come from Europe and Europe is a very old country. Newer countries are, are a little bit better. They are more accustomed of cultural diversity and cultural intelligence. Cultural intelligence, cultural diversity means the ability to understand and adapt to those who might have a different ways of perceiving the world. And we are saying different ways to perceiving the world because this is an essential skill, especially when we are becoming so globalized, so international. And, you know, you're doing business with people from China, people from US, people from Europe, people from from Middle East. And, and so in this simple context, and just step into any fair and you will have so many races, so many different cultural experiences. And you need to be aware of that. You know, so some, some cultures don't work on Sundays. Some work cultures don't work on Fridays. Some cultures don't work on Saturdays. So, you know, being also mindful of that is very important so that you don't put people in an uncomfortable position. And this is something that you need to be trained of and, and having the opportunity to study in the US, work in Europe, move and live in Hong Kong for so many years. This really, really helped me to, to expand my vision. And we definitely need to have a, an episode on this. And technological skills, of course, we need to advance our technological skills, which doesn't mean that we need necessarily to understand and everybody needs to learn how to code, but it means to be aware of artificial intelligence, big data, virtual reality, blockchain. Everyone, everyone will need to have a certain level of comfort around technology. And I'm advising several startups, and I want to bring this example because it's slightly related to technological skills, but lately, particularly, I'm advising four or five startups. And, and it's very interesting to see how with very little investment, you can 
automate and you can help them to advance processes that are uh, a little bit obsolete and just like invoicing or you know making proposals you know there are amazing softwares and that use ai that use automation so it's just a matter of dedicating the time and the effort to to spend a little bit of time on on this skills which is also related to the previous skill which is process thinking as well not critical critical thinking so you you can find yourself some automation that will help increase your efficiency and last but not least and this is something that i see a lot of people having a lot of, of trouble dealing with and the more we advance in the fourth revolution the more we we will need to be accustomed to this which is embracing change so embracing change means being agile adaptable shifting workplaces changing expectations and also being comfortable in in redesigning your skill sets and 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 this is uh, this is a skill in itself right so embracing change and having a growth mindset is a skill in in itself so this is something that we need to train we need to train we need to try different things we need to explore different things and also being comfortable and understanding that we can face some very disruptive and very uncomfortable situations where where we can say you know our world gets flipped upside down but we need to be trained to react to that so and this is this is the 10th skill so i i want to leave you with this and as usual you can find us on instagram on facebook on on the youtube channel and i'll leave you with this question are you reskilling and what skills do you want to develop the most so if you want to leave a comment here on apple podcast or you want to go and go on instagram always uh, glc.live and leave a comment and maybe request also something that one skill that in uh, in this set you really are interested in please let me know thank you for listening i'm Gianluca Cinque Palmi if you enjoy this podcast please leave a comment and subscribe on apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts